Beautiful. All right, we are live. Good uh, good evening, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops pod. I got the crew with me on this Sunday night. Uh, it's been a little while since all three of us have been together, so I'm excited. I've been I've been looking forward to this all week, boys. But uh, we're going to go through the playoff scenario. We're getting here towards the end of the season, about seven, eight games left uh, for most teams. And uh, the pictures is starting to shape up. Obviously, the West um, still has a ton to be decided. East is a late, East is a little bit more clear, but um, still some things to be decided there. So we're going to go through both conferences, all the seeding stuff, all that good stuff, and just talk our way through it, talk about who we like. Um, and I feel like I honestly, I honestly don't even know where you guys stand on a lot of different things. So I'm very excited to get into it and hear where you guys are and hopefully – uh, honestly, hopefully get into some some discussions and, and different viewpoints on, on some of these teams um, heading into the into the final stretch. How are you guys doing? T, Sarge? Ty, Ty, Tyler's got his decaf coffee. He's ready to rock. I thought he was putting down some caffeine at 530 on a Sunday night. I was worried for him. No, I'm excited. It's been a minute. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Missed you guys. Um, it's the most exciting time of the season. Tyler's looking jacked too. We gotta shout him out in the tank top. He looks freaking yacked. Tank yeah, top in the beanie. Really? Ever since college, I've I've considered Tyler jacked. Oh man. Are you watching Tyler's live watching Shaden uh on pod? And I, I don't blame him. He's been he's been great. He's been absolutely great. But the Blazers have not the Blazers have not been. Um and let's just Let's just start in the Western Conference. Um, as of right now, we'll just go through <laughs> where everything is. Uh, the we'll go from we'll go from eleven on. Mavericks are sitting here at eleven after a brutal, brutal stretch. We'll definitely talk about them. Thunder sitting at ten. Lakers at nine. T Wolves at eight. Pelicans at seven. Warriors at six. Clippers at five. Suns at four. Kings at three. Uh, Grizzlies at two. Nuggets at one. Let's just start with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, because I know we talked, I think T, we talked about it during the trade deadline. Like, hey, would you have made this move if you were Dallas? And I, I think we we're both in agreement. Like, yeah. Um, I think we were both of the mind, like, even even though we were both like, yeah, we didn't think that they had any real shot this year. Um, just because you lose Dorian Finney Smith. And you really like you don't have any defenders. I still didn't think it was going to be as bad as it's been, um, and it's been horrendous. Like I, I actually I watched a decent amount of today's game against the Hornets and last last game against the Hornets, and they they don't defend. And the and the Hornets are rolling out lineups with like Theo Maladon, Dennis Smith Jr., Bryce McGowan's, uh, you know, Book Book Knight got some minutes. It's not like they're facing even like rotational guys. And every pick and roll leads to a decent look at some point on the floor. So um, it, it's been pretty tough in Dallas. And I I just, I hope, in my eyes, I hope that this isn't something that splits this team up and that they understand that it's really hard to, on the fly, just deal some of your key players and just integrate Kyrie like that. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts on Dallas, what's been going down there and I guess the future of them, because obviously this year it's, it's not their year, but um, I, how do you guys feel about this this pairing moving forward? Do you think this is something that, you know, you add some pieces in the offseason and figure it out, or 
do you think something else is brewing and Kyrie's gone? Go ahead, Ty. I mean, it just puts such a big burden on Maxi Kleber and Josh Green doing what they did. Right. I mean, they got rid of <clears throat> they got rid of their depth on the wing. Um, they got rid of their best defender. Um, and I mean, to me, it's just not surprising. I, and I know Sarge probably feels pretty similar that like it's great that you have two outstanding offensive weapons, but you have nobody on that team that can defend. There's absolutely no paint protection. And that's been an ongoing issue for Dallas for years now, right? I mean, they, they're sticking Dwight Powell out there and nothing else. Um, and so I guess that they're going to hope to re-sign Kyrie and figure out something on the fringes. But even if you bring Kyrie back, what's changing with what you have here? And it's not like they have a ton of capital to move to get more defenders. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I will say – I honestly am surprised with with the way it's turned out. Not to not in terms of like okay, they can't defend anyone. I wasn't expecting them to have an elite. Maybe defense. to this extent, but like how bad it's been. Dude, they just lost back to back games to the Charlotte Hornets. Like, what the fuck is going on? I, I thought they would still be able to win some of these games. Like Luca and Kyrie are absolutely insane offensive pieces. So I I I just I don't really know what's going on. And and I think the thing that confuses me too. And maybe we should have gotten a, a mass fan perspective, but like last year, yes, they don't have Dorian Smith anymore, but last year they were a decent defensive team. And what, like, uh, I know Dorian's a huge part of that, but like the drop off is insane. And I, I don't really know what it is. Like, I can't, it's not like Jalen Brunson's a great defender, you know? And that was, it was kind of the same sort of build last year just with JB. Instead of instead of Kyrie, and it's it's a mess right now. It's an absolute mess right now. So I I, I am surprised to the extent of the way things have gone lately. Sarji, I think I, I think you can make an argument. This is going to sound absolutely insane when I say it, and I'll preface it by saying that Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Dory, Dorian Vinny Smith. But when you look at a roster like the Mavs, like he almost becomes more valuable than Kyrie Irving on that sort of roster. Because what you need is perimeter defense, three-point shooting. You don't need a, a creator. Obviously, Kyrie's a better shooter, but Stansel in the corner, like, uh, I, I don't okay. know if it's a – I'm still taking Kyrie Stansel in the corner, I, but I get I, what you're I agree, but, like, Dorian Finney-Smith, what he brings to a basketball court, sure, Kyrie on his own, if you're looking to start a franchise, you probably put Kyrie Irving because you need a playmaker and a scorer. But, like, when you already have Luka Doncic, like, I think – as crazy as it sounds, like having a piece like Dorian Finney-Smith almost becomes more valuable. It's like yeah. it's it's just isolation basketball, and the other one's just sitting doing nothing on the perimeter. So, yeah. And and what the heck's the deal with Christian Wood, bro? That dude plays well, and he gets like thirty minutes a game, and then all of a sudden he's just back down to fifteen. I get he can't he protect defend. the rim. He doesn't. I, I understand that, but neither does Dwight Powell, really. Dude, he Dwight Powell is generally in better positions than Christian Wood, um, but. I have a, I have an, another question for you guys. Like, I, dude, it's I, just a horrible this, roster build. This, That's just what I, it is. Agreed, agreed. Build. But and this is gonna piss suit off to no end. But I gotta go there. Luca doesn't. I I just feel like Jokic, right? All these guys, they 
and I don't even like it. I don't even necessarily agree with it, but I feel like they're under a microscope so much. I just feel like Luca is just always looked at as like, oh, he can do no wrong. He's this top five, and, and he's done insane. But it's like he had Jalen Brunson last year, who has shown what he is. Even KP this year, you know, and I feel like it's always you got to get Luca some help. You got to get Luca a second guy. And he's had now Kyrie, and it, it's early on in the Kyrie experiment. He's had Kyrie, KP, JB. And I granted, I guess they did go to the Western Conference Finals last year, but it's just like, I I don't know. I, I just. I think I, that on that point about like needing, needing help and like, why isn't he winning more frequently? <laughs> I don't think he's been in the league long enough to get to that point. Like Luca's what, 23, 24 years old right now. I think that like you have your Jokic and Embiid who are in their sixth and seventh seasons in the league. You have your Hardens, your Chris Pauls who have been in the league much longer that haven't won anything. Then you have your tier. This is Luca's fifth year though. I'm just saying you, you have guys like Dame and Jimmy Butler that haven't won anything either. And so I think, that that sort of conversation will come with Luca, and I agree that he has had star talent, but I just think the guy like Luca and Trey, I just don't Tatum. I don't think that they've been in the league long enough to get more heat comparatively to guys like Jokic and B Dame. That's Butler. fair. That's fair. I just think he he has he's so good offensively as a hub that like all the other things that I think he lacks, uh, whether that be leadership or defense or like smaller intangibles they just get kind of get swept under the rug and it's like dude there there i i get the roster inefficiencies in the past and now but there's no reason that you should be losing back-to-back games to the charlotte hornets at this point in the season even even if Kyrie wasn't there real quick on charlotte they have the number one defense in the league since the trade deadline, and they've had the number one transition defense. I know that's not what Dallas does, but they have the number one transition defense in the league all season. Steve Clifford, I, I actually fuck with Steve Clifford. I think he's a great coach. Um, not if I, you own a young player. They're starting to get there. I own Bryce McGowan. He's getting some minutes. He's getting some Steve minutes. Luke. <laughs> Steve Luke. Steve's been decent. All right, that's enough Mavs talk. Sorry, Sude. I just uh, – yeah, I, I, I honestly have been surprised with how things have gone down. I mean, you take like a Utah Jazz team, which is literally sitting guys, which is literally trying to tank, playing Chris Dunn 20 minutes, Johnny Juzang 20 minutes, like, and they're still just competitive in games and randomly will win games. And then you take this mass. The, the vibes are just really bad there. And obviously, I mean, how much real quick, how much of it is on is on Jason Kidd? I mean, he's got to take some of it. He's got to take plenty of it. But I also do think it's like it is hard to have like two really key pieces in Dorian and Spencer dip, get Kyrie in there, and then just like optimize it. Like I understand that's a difficult thing to do. Has there ever been a roster with like these two big of stars with just this much garbage around it? I can't remember the last like I mean, the, there's the, at least like the Nets like, last really- year, kind of. And then maybe not as much garbage. But then but that's a good three. question. No, like after Harden left. And I'm assuming I mean, we're not including Simmons at that point. At least they had Claxton. They had rim protection. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And I think this, th- I think this roster, this type of roster only gets, like you only have this when you make an in-season trade. Like no one's coming. 
very rarely I feel like are you coming into the season with this flawed of a roster around two studs. Yeah, and if you have a roster like this, at least one of your studs is like a big time defender, like a Kawhi type or like something like where they actually could Jimmy Butler where they can actually play defense. Like yeah. It's just uh, an absurd roster. It's never gonna work. And I and like Ty said, I don't know how they make it work going forward if they sign Kyrie. They they're not gonna have any cap at all and they have no assets really to trade and get like big pieces. Yeah. Well I if think they it, that's probably what they're trying to do. I I mean at this point, if they lose enough they get their pick and then their pick would be top 10. So they could how, either draft or trade it. How absurd is that? You have Luca and Kyrie right here and you're like, let's, let's try Dude, and get I a top 10 pick. I mean, yeah, it's like absurd considering where they were at in those two types of players. But like, I, mean, I think Sarge and I both said it right off the bat. Like they're going to have to score 140 points a game to win. And when one of those guys isn't healthy, or not locked in, they're going to lose. So, I mean, it's, it is like shocking from where they were to where they are now, but it's yeah. not surprising to me that this roster build isn't working. Yeah. No, I, again, I, I'm surprised to the extent I'm not surprised overall. I have Go a ahead. question for both of you guys. What do you think is like a, when you're looking at, like two man pairings, three man pairings, five man pairings. Like how long of a sample size do you look for before making a judgment on what those guys or that group can be together? Fifteen games. One five? Like fifteen? Yeah, one five. Oh, I was gonna say like fifty. Yeah, I, I feel like fifteen's a short sample size. I I, I honestly I, I think 15's enough just in terms of like, okay, maybe not in terms of like, I, I'm not saying necessarily like living and dying by our, the numbers, but like, I feel like if you have a lineup for 15 games, you can generally get an idea of, are they creating good shots? Are they defending at a high level? In my eyes, I don't, I honestly, I don't think you need 50 games or, 30 games even to be like, okay, this is going to be a good lineup or, Hey, this is going to be a bad lineup. I honestly, I honestly think 15 games is enough in my eyes, but maybe that is a little bit less. What were yeah, you guys? I mean, at? I, I, I'm doing it right now by saying it's not going to work. And they've only played like 15 games together. Yeah. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like if, if it's bad, you, I don't think it randomly becomes good at game 25 in my eyes. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. With a, I, I mean, I, with a roster like this, yeah, 15 games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I, I would say, I don't know, ideally like a half a season, 35, 40 games, um, have the coach figure out tendencies, see who fits well in the starting lineup versus the – And, and, and I think at that point too, it's like, okay, what – you? I think at 15 you can kind of start to see like what is the reason that this lineup – isn't working you know and and input maybe one other guy well and i guess a follow-up point to that is in dallas's situation it's not like they really have any alternate options no they have no yeah like versus a team like the clippers or the pelicans who have 10 or 11 million that makes sense yeah yeah exactly exactly um all right i i think it's time we go uh do you guys want to yeah i'm just going to send you guys another invite i don't want to rush and get cut off and, and cut our rhythm off. So I'm going to send you guys another invite. We'll get right back into it.
All right, we're back. Uh, okay, so Mavs 11. Okay, Thunder are 10. They're in a, actually a dogfight right now in Portland. Um, and I, I know I've talked about it a lot. I, I absolutely love this Thunder team. Um, I As things stand right now, they would play the Lakers. Um, and obviously there's a million, that's why we'll do another pod and there's no point in even trying to like, are the thunder going to be, you know, here or there, but I just want to say, I've said it a million times. I love this team. I love Mark Dagnall as a coach SGA. Obviously everyone knows how good SGA is, but I, I do think it's so fascinating to watch because nowadays in this league, everything's predicated behind the three point line. There's not really a star guard who doesn't shoot at least four threes game and Shea's just not like he gets to wherever he wants without a crazy speed or crazy you know strength and and just gets to wherever he wants inside the three-point arc he's an incredible weapon in a half court um and I wouldn't be surprised if they win a a playing game and they don't even have Chet right like there's been some whispers that Chet's trying to come back for the playoffs I don't think they're going to let him do that but God, I, I think that team is absolutely going to be in the thick of it for the next couple of years. Uh, but but let's talk about the Lakers. Um, been really, really I, – I don't know about you guys. I've been shocked just to see this turnaround. The last 15 games, uh, they've had the number four net offense – or number 20 net offense, number one defense, and number four net overall rating in the league without LeBron James. I don't know what – Austin Reeves has been unreal. It's not even like AD's been like – offensively this you know hub that you go through they're just they're just playing good basketball and they're they're sitting right here uh as the nine seed and obviously a tough l today but uh looking good how are you guys feeling about your lakers and and your guys's overall prospects on them uh heading into the playoffs <clears throat> you want to take it <laughs> no i want you to go first uh it's uh yeah, I, I mean, I think that those numbers all look good prior to today. I don't know Wolves what the hell happened. Wolves have been hooping. I mean, dude, you can't lose when you're in a dogfight for the – I mean, you can get up to the sixth seat, you know. Um, you can't lose at home to Chicago. But, I mean, it's something to monitor definitely that the Lakers have had the number one defense in the league since LeBron went down, and he comes back, and they get – Mollywop today by a Bulls team that's not good offensively. Um, so something to monitor, but yeah, this is a team that going back to our earlier point about how long do teams need to gel, this is a good example, right? I mean, there's so many different pieces that Darvin Ham can now play, and LeBron's been out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch and once they get into the postseason, but I hope they keep this group together next year and they have a full off season, full training camp to ramp up together. Um, D'Lo included. Yeah. You got to pay D'Lo. D'Lo included or not. I think a lot of it depends on what he looks like in the, in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, he's been good when he's been healthy for the Lakers so far. Um, He brings a certain type of energy that I don't think anyone on the team was bringing without him. Um, But yeah, I mean, if he doesn't work out, if he flames out in the postseason, then we'll have to reassess a little bit at that point. Yeah, that's fair. He's he's just less selfish in a a, uh, I can take the back seat at times 
He still gets him up, bro. In terms of rust. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's not so stubborn that he just has to fucking keep running at the and take shots off the side of the backboard. Like, it just helps enough to where we can run through a whole offense, right? We can go through Austin Reeves at time. We can let Jared Vanderbilt work. We can go to Anthony Davis in the post. It just allows other guys to try to make it work on offense. And it's actually like a – a good team dynamic, like a lot of unselfish players that just want to win basketball games and Vanderbilt Reeves, um, even guys like AD. And and I think Darvin Ham's done a, a good job having these guys gel. So I think I have to watch the game today, so I don't know how, how LeBron James looks, but if they brought him off the bench, he's probably not fully healthy. So I'll, I'll say like in just because I bet the NBA a lot, generally when a team gets like a star player back they struggle so i'm not putting like that much stock into today just because it's like everyone's had their role and everyone's been kind of comfortable in it and then braun comes back and it kind of and again i didn't even watch today either so i i don't have like a concrete example of like x player had to do this and x player had to do that but like i i personally have watched a decent amount of lakers lately and I have confidence that Braun will be able to fit in where he should on this team. And if they can continue to defend the way that they've been defending, I I personally wouldn't want to play him if I was a you know a two seed, a three seed. So I I, I think that I, I have tremendous respect for LeBron James and Anthony Davis as basketball players. Like I just I don't I don't think they're gonna go win a championship, but like I think that the the defense has been real and they actually have rotational guys that can play roles. And Austin Reeves has been really good and Malik Beasley can shoot the shit out of it. And like you guys said, D is just like a extra pressure release valve for when Ron maybe doesn't have it or AD maybe doesn't have it. Um, and I think, I think I'd be pretty encouraged if I was a Laker fan. The one thing I would say is like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Because I look and AD's shooting like whatever decent percent percentage from the free throw line. I've had I have him in fantasy. I feel like every time he goes to the line, he misses a free throw, and I I I'm getting furious with it because I need these points. Um, but I feel like consistently like he's he's missing free throw after free throw after free throw, and they need those points. It was both LeBron and AD today. The Lakers were making their run. They got back to back and ones to cut it to ten. And they both missed the and one free throw. Um, and, you know, that's that sort of thing is a momentum killer, you know. Yeah. Um, and for AD, it's it's cost us a couple games at this point. The Indiana game, the Dallas game. Um, it's been multiple, yeah, like I think three or four even. Quick, quick point about Malik Beasley. I think part of the reason the offense is ranked 20th, obviously Dude, LeBron's he's been bad. But, yeah, he's been bad. He's shooting Horrible. like 5% lower <laughs> from deep. Than his dude, the dude average. is a fucking chucker. Yeah, dude, that's what shooters are. They're literal chuckers by definition, though. Yeah, but dude, it's like bad chucks. Like that, Malik Beasley is a bad chucker. There's guys that get shots up. He's sure sometimes he hits them, but dude, he is a bad chucker, bro. There's well, so many that's... shots that they're so frustrating to watch with like 17, 18 seconds left on a shot clock, just firing a contested three for no reason. Well, he. His first couple of games with the Lakers, I'm not sure if you remember, he was really tentative to shoot. And they, LeBron and AD, both in post game, were saying, like, dude, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. So I think part of it is like they're encouraging him to shoot through the slump. But I agree, some of the shots are really like not necessary. 
Super so game. he put, he put up 14 threes today. So I I get I, I'm not maybe in the weeds like you guys are, and I'm sure he takes some bad shots. But at the same time, for me, it's like you go through the roster, and the, he is the shooter. Like I I just think shooting is just very shoot. Delos at 39 percent for sure, but I still think like. The majority of Delo's threes are unassisted. I would guess off the dribble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Troy Bounds. Honestly, I feel like he, he rips threes, and I I feel like he's been pretty consistent. But I I just think you obviously you don't want to take stupid threes. But I I just feel like if he's open or semi open, you've just got to let him rip. And he is in theory maybe Delo. I mean, you can Reeves is a better shooter too. Like you got you got to just let him fly. What's Reeves shooting from three this year? 38%. Malik yeah, Beasley from three for the Lakers, 34%. Yeah. I, I just yeah. – I don't think I would sit here and say, for me personally, like Malik shouldn't be shooting threes. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. that's what they got him for. Like, I, he'll shoot through the slump. I mean, it's obviously been yeah. bad, but – I didn't uh, realize it had been that bad, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the shot quality. Not like if you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the box score, you wouldn't think they're four. Like six or fourteen is a bad. It's just a majority of those shots are just like uh, I don't know. Lakers are down five after being up one. They need to get a good look, and then he just fucking fires an eighteen with eighteen seconds left on the shot clock and contested three. They get the rebound, go up eight. It's like fuck. Yeah. They just shots like that where like they're so timely and so bad, but it doesn't matter. We're playing really, really well, and. Malik Beasley has a role. He needs to keep shooting if he's open. But once yeah. LeBron gets healthy, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Lakers could easily upset, like, any of the of the top teams in the playoffs. Uh, like, you, I'm going through it. And, and the West is so open. Like, I, I don't think there's a single team that I look at and I'm like, the Lakers have a sub 20% chance of beating. Honestly. If they continue to defend this way and LeBron integrates himself the way I think he could. Um all right, let's keep let's just keep moving it up. Uh we'll go to Timberwolves. They're sitting eight. They're battling the Warriors right now. Um, I actually like I've watched I don't I don't even necessarily know why, but I've watched a decent amount of Timberwolves and I actually really like Chris Finch. I like what he does. I like uh how organized the offense is. Um I, I just feel like every single night there's at least there's a plan and every single guy that is on the floor understands the plan and they may not win every night and they may not make every shot, but like everyone is together and understands what they have to do. So I'm personally curious. I'm, I can't obviously watch too much now, but uh, how the cat Rudy pairing works because it wasn't working early on and then cat went down and then they kind of, obviously they're still sitting here at eight, you know, 37 and 37. Uh, so it's not like they've been like elite, but I feel like since cat went down, they did somewhat figure some things out and, had figured out how the best way to play with this group. And so I'm very curious to see, okay, Cat comes back. How, how how does this thing work? Can Cat effectively play the four uh, on defense? Um, how do you guys feel about this team um, in the playoffs and just moving forward? Dude, Mike Conley's actually been really, really good for them out of nowhere. Like a guy that wasn't really playing, you kind of forgot about him on the Jazz. Like I was just looking at some of his stats too. Playing 31 minutes a game for him. He's averaging 41% from three on, on five and a half attempts a game. Like, he's actually been playing a decent role for them, and they need scoring outside Anthony Edwards and just some playmaking. He's been good for them there. But this is just a team that has a bunch of guys. You got McDaniels. 
you have Kyle Anderson who can play. Nas Reed's a hell of a player. McLaughlin's a great backup point guard. Like, they just have a really, really, like, sneaky deep team that with a bunch of guys that can just hoop, you know? Yeah. So the, the nine, ten guys that they do play um, are, are all good NBA players. It's just a matter of, of figuring it back out with, with Carl Anthony Towns back. They're just – I don't know how that works with him and Gobert. Yeah. Um, they were really good when Cat was down because they were playing Kyle Anderson a lot and they were playing Nas Reed a lot. And both of those guys play Carl Anthony Towns' position. Um, so it'll be really interesting to watch what it looks like because obviously slow-mo's gone back to the bench now. Um, Jaden McDaniels has been killer. Killer, killer. He's looking like McCall Bridges out there. Yeah, um, he is a young McCall Bridges, honestly. But I fit-wise, I mean, maybe we could chalk it up to them just getting to know each other the first couple of weeks of the season and it not working out, but it doesn't look right when they're on the court together, you know, and, and cat is so, so bad defensively guarding fives, let alone guarding fours. Um, and that's why it was great to have Nas Reed and Kyle Anderson who are quicker on their feet, better defenders. Um, so I'm not totally sure, but they've been playing great basketball. Yeah. I, I saw them, they came to sack. Um, and they're just, they, everyone out on the floor, there's no one that is a ball stopper. There's no one that, catches the ball and doesn't see the open guy. And I I also feel like Anthony Edwards just doesn't get enough respect. Like he's so physically imposing. Like he can get to any spot he wants on the floor. He can generally get to any shot that he wants. And like you said, yeah, they have a young McCall Bridges in Jaden McDaniels who is absolutely locked down. Dude, Jaden McDaniels doesn't has to be the problem. same age as McCall Bridges. They got to be the same age, right? They got to be both like 25 no. years old. No, he's I think like James two years a little younger. bit younger. Yeah. But also, real quick, real quick, as I've watched a lot of Timberwolves, I know Rudy gets a ton of hate, and I know that the T- Timberwolves overplayed. Rudy Gobert has still been good this year. Rudy Gobert, honestly, has still been good this year. He's not, he's, he's maybe not blocking as many shots, but he's still a defensive anchor, and he offensively, he honestly has some sneaky stuff to him sometimes where I'm watching and, and he'll Euro and draw a foul. Like, Dude, he did that like one time this season. No, he's done it more than one time this season. I promise you. I promise you. Rudy his, Gobert is overhated at this point and overshadowed. His, uh, his, I mean, it's not his fault that he was traded for what he was traded for. Uh, so if you take that out of the equation, I mean, his rebounding numbers are down. His contested and his contested shot numbers are down. His block percentages are down. But you're right. I, he definitely is overhated at this point. He's not what he was two years ago, but he's still great defensively. He he absolutely impacts the game positively is all I'm trying to say. And you would not think that based on the discourse around him right now is, all, is what I'm trying to say. Is, is the discourse around him or is it around like everything that happened with him? Is that not him though? No, I feel like it's more like, the T-Wolves are idiots for making that trade, and he just happened to be the person that was the trade. I, I think that when that discourse happens, it's never with the caveat of like, hey, it's just because the price. Like, there, There's no mention that he is still a very solid basketball player. I, yeah, I think if, he does, if he doesn't pay to play to the price that he was traded for, you automatically just think he's horrible, you know? 
Yeah. yeah. Obviously for us, we're locked in. I'm just saying th- I have people that listen to this that like basketball, but they're not in the weeds every day. And I think when you just see all the things that you see, one, it would lead one, one to think, oh, this guy has regressed horribly and he's not even impactful anymore is is what I would get. But who knows? Maybe maybe people I think don't what, think that. What I see a lot is like the Jazz just got Rudy Gobert in Walker Kessler, you know, and it's like they got Rudy Gobert's clone and five first round picks for Gobert. So it's more like Kessler's been great. That, at least that I see more Kessler being great and Rudy not be what he was before. But That's fair. I get what you're saying. That's fair. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I hope the Timberwolves make it to the playoffs and so we can have the spotlight on them for some games. And I think people will really enjoy a lot of these pieces. Um, and, and if they do, also, I didn't want to do this. Like, I haven't texted Sarge about it just because he has him in RFA. Nas Carter of a doubt, a, a great. A nice little role there too and and you could see the flashes of like oh you are you're related to shea gilgis alexander like i could i could see it like he's honestly had some great moments offensively for them too so i i just i just really enjoy them i really enjoy them honestly um and and they're not going to win a title but i think you have some really good building blocks there that you can continue to work with um all right any you guys good with the is uh is ant gonna make an all nba team i would no way i would guess yeah there's three, dude. I no think way, to, dude. I think he has to. No way. He's okay, played the most give, games. Give me the six guards you take ahead of him. The... Luca, Dane, Luke, SGA, Luca, Harden, dude, Donovan see, Mitchell. Dude, I, 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 like you could. I'm not gonna like say that's wrong to take Harden. You might even take Jalen Brown over him, bro. But, yeah. No way. Why no though? Way. Why? This is what I mean in terms of. I feel like he's been underrated. He's been unreal. Steph. He's been unreal. Huh? Steph. Dude, uh, sure. Like, I'll eat. Like, if someone was like, Fox, I'll take, I'll take Anthony over Steph. Like, Jaw. Dude, Josh's not making it all NBA team. Dude, Ant, Ant has kept this team absolutely afloat. And I know we just talked about how good, like, some of these supporting guys are. But, like, there's no nobody offensively to kind of, help, like, help him there. Right? Like, Luca. Booker, like, dude, I. Uh... Ant's just played all year long. Hard is so deep. He's played in so many games. He's kept them afloat all season long. I, I just. I think he can get 13. I honestly, I do. I don't know if he will, uh, but I think I definitely think he's deserving. But you're right. I mean, when you do start to name him out, like I, I get was it. Was he an all star this year? Yeah, he was a replacement. Was I mean, Drew he... an all star this year or no? Yeah, he was too. I mean, dude, there's so many guys. There's probably ten, bro. It, it's gonna be well, tough. I'm taking him over, Drew, bro. <laughs> I'm drawing the fucking line at Drew. Uh, okay. Well, real quick too, like. Because there's no rules. Damn. Like you don't how, like Drew. I love Drew. I, I love Drew. You put Drew on the Timberwolves. They are not where they are right now. They're just not. They they just aren't. Anthony Edwards has been everything for them offensively. Everything, and he d's up too. And he absolutely d's up. But real quick, when you guys are talking about All NBA, how much of it is individual statistics, and how much of it is team success? All NBA is mostly. I feel like. 
statistics. Okay. But your team can't be dog water. The Mavs are dog water. I mean, but they're a playing team. The Blazers are dog water. Yeah, so it's more individual. It's just tough because, like, for me, with – and we don't need to spend a ton of time discussing all NBA stuff, but, like, Dame is having the best season of his career. There are not two better guards, I don't think, this season than him. He can't control that the rest of his team fucking sucks. Like, that's what I'm asking. Like, if I could see the voters being like, all right, let's say SGA carries the Thunder to the eight seed or whatever, seven seed. I could see them putting Luca and SGA over Luca and Dame, um, which I just think it's tough, dude. Like, it's out of his control how bad his team is. Okay, I agree, but no, we're not even going to go there. We're not even going to go there. I agree. I do agree. I do think that with the nature of small guards, though, like, yeah, no, we'll just, definitely, we'll, definitely. I I just feel like, yeah. Go go ahead, go ahead, bro. What about gonna... Halliburton too, man? Twenty one and fucking ten and a half on fifty and forty, dude. Dude, why are you doing that for Halley? But then when what's Anthony at, at this year? Caleb, I saw I saw your tweet about how Halliburton's elite at forcing uh, off ball help. Yeah. Okay. At, like it with the back cuts and stuff immediately after I saw a video on TikTok about how Halliburton is an overrated playmaker. And this guy showed a bunch of videos about how like it was something like 31% of his assists were like Rondo assists where the guy actually makes the play like buddy healed makes a play to the basket or uh, Jalen Smith makes a play to the basket. And so it's like a certain amount of time, passes between the time that the pass was made to the time the bucket was scored and he leads the league in those rondo assists they're like 32 percent dude i i that is just nasty narratives nasty you have to be such a, ratio, a hater you have to be such a hater to make a video <laughs> totally discrediting a guy it was just funny that i saw it then He'll go, he's a mass, he gets in the pick and roll, he comes downhill, and then he'll either ball pass, ball fake, or fake a oop, and he gets the center to bite or the off ball help to bite so often. So often. I just, I, I'm just saying I saw the video. That That's crazy to me, bro. That's crazy. Um, all right, where, Sarge, were you saying something? No, no, I, I was just, the dude has a four to one assist to turnover ratio. On super high volume, which is nearly impossible to do as a star guard. Halley has been unbelievable, and I love watching him. Um, but I, I think I'd still take him. I know, actually, I know. No, I'm taking Halliburton. <sighs> as a long term? Yeah. Why? I just think he's more efficient. I think he's a better playmaker, and I think he's – defensively, actually, I don't know. That's actually tough. I Ant has gotten a lot better defensively, and I think he's more versatile defensively, but I think I'd take Halliburton. I think he's a better playmaker. I, I don't disagree that he's a better playmaker, but I think Ant is a miles better scorer and and defender, honestly. But we don't we don't even need to I would debate deb- that. I would debate that, but that's okay. What the defending? No, no, the the scoring. This is what I mean, bro. Ant does not. 
Ant gets to wherever he wants, bro. You, he's but Tyrese uh, takes smarter shots and is more efficient. Like, dude, Ant, they're just different roles. Like Anthony Edwards' role is to score, and if he doesn't, they're not winning games. But he can't pass or play make like him. And Tyrese is like, that's like not even close. Ty- Tyrese is like close to the same score as him. I don't. He's close. I don't think it's like that. Close. But the playmaking is such a big difference. Like I'm just taking Tyrese, but let's not argue. No, I kind of like arguing, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at this. I think Anthony Edwards. I think the more impactful skill is ability to score, especially in the playoffs. And I think Ant is a lot better while being a bigger body and a better defender. And I know Tyrese's role is more to facilitate, and Ant's is more to score because he has Conley. Um, and that's why I'll go Ant, but. I don't even like the fact that I'm arguing against Tyrese Halliburton because he's. It's kind of like a, it's like a Braun Light versus KD Light argument, you know, in that sense. In terms of the scoring versus exactly playmaking, that's fair. Okay, let's uh, let's keep rolling. Where are we at in the West, dude? Dude, we're a little behind schedule. Pelicans. We'll go Pelicans. Um, they're sitting here all of a sudden at seven after pretty little, a nice little soft spot in the schedule. Um, had a great start to the year. Was literally first in the West for a little bit, and then Zion goes down. Uh, and then the timeline just keeps getting pushed back. I think we're kind of in a. It's not quite as bad as PG, but I think we were kind of the timeline is around when the playoffs start. Um, and I, I I'm not a guy that is like, all right, a, a guy has missed three months, comes back, and is just right where he is. So I think there will be a little bit of a ramp up period. Where you guys at uh, on the Pels? I honestly I love Willie Green, and I I love a lot of the pieces with the Pelicans. Um, but but in my eyes, to even win a playing game, they need Zion Williamson. Yeah, they need Brandon Ingram. I would marry him. I love him so much. I love watching him play, and the roster itself is is pretty beautiful. But they just need Zion, bro. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is so good, bro. Um, I'm with I'm with he just drilled a three. Uh, Tyler, pop in, bro. Um, Ingram's been nasty. The Pelicans have really just had one bad month. I don't know if it was December or January, but they went like three and 13 in that month. And, you know, every other month they've been either average or above average. Um, Willie green is still seemingly tinkering with the rotations in the starting lineup on like a game to game basis, but seemingly they've started playing Trey Murphy more and he's rewarded Willie green with, nine plus three pointers two out of the last five games um so yeah that's a team like you guys were saying zion's not without zion that team's not going anywhere um but ingram's taking a leap uh from a playmaking perspective i'm pretty sure he had a, a career high yesterday i think he had 13 assists um so yeah. i i think that's why i mean i don't know if People, I, I I love B.I. and I think that's always been an underrated part of his game. He's like he absolutely can create for others. So I I've said it before. I I think pretty soon like he cements himself as a top twenty player, if not that are there already. And I get why you wouldn't have him there already. And we don't have to go into the nitty gritty. But like Brandon Ingram is is a guy. I I think he's legitimately a number one guy, um, in this league. And I guess Zion's there, so we'll never really know in the near future but um yeah such a I, good yin and yang too for two star players like yeah 
I, I agree. Fuck, that team's going to be so fun if he ever gets healthy, man. I mean, dude, they were literally one Immediate in the West. ring contenders. Immediate ring contenders, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And the, and the, the great part about it, too, is, like, not saying it's, like, a, the Warriors in terms of the, the construction, but it's, like, you built it, and then you have guys like Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, that you, uh, you know, that you can hope like just internally get better and you don't have to rely on go going getting this guy or that guy and they have i i mean i don't know how it'll work out but they have a ton of capital too if they ever do want to splurge dude they have so something. many good picks yeah so those laker uh, swaps dude yeah I, i'm uh, with you guys end of the day though like even as constructed for me like without zion i, I honestly i'm taking the lakers in a playing game and okc would be tough but like if it's in OKC and they don't have Zion, I'm, I honestly would probably take OKC. Um, but who knows? They are very, very young. I could I could see the Pelicans grinding one out there. Um, all right, let's keep moving it up. My my, my Warriors, guys, uh, sitting here at six. Been a, it's honestly pretty incredible to me that we've been as bad as we've been on the road. And just honestly, overall, um, and we're still here with a absolutely with an opportunity to, to get uh, four to me, though, um, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year I I, I felt like we could win a title. I, I really did legitimately feel like we could win a title, and we did. Um, but we need Andrew Wiggins, and it's the weirdest thing. I know there's been a ton of speculation, but I would say there's not a ton of optimism that, he, that he's back before the playoffs. It's just weird because we have zero timeline. We have no timeline. We have no update. We don't even know why he's gone. And it's just really, really hard for me to picture us making any sort of run um, without him. He was just so critical for us last year. He was absolutely our second best player. And the thing is, with him, I, I with how open the West is, I know I, I'm a Warriors fan, but like with him, I, I do think we would, I'd feel good about winning the West again. I, I honestly would. But without him, it's, it's, it's changes everything. It changes the math. And I don't know, I don't know if he's coming back. So you want to know the beautiful thing is you play the Kings, bro. If if everything falls to like, just yeah, that that would a be series good. a series that he could come back into and just fucking ease his way through. If they're playing the Kings, like slowly adapt, maybe win the game with him not at full strength, and or win the series, and then go on to the next round with a little momentum. And if he's back and can play, dude, yeah, I Steph Curry and Wiggins, Clay Thompson. I'm not giving him no chance. I'm not giving him no like, chance, but uh, I, I mean, Tyler, the... ask yourself. Um, and and honestly, if you take the Kings' respect, but in a series, Warriors Kings, even if the Kings have have uh, home court, if Wiggins is there, who are you taking? I don't know. I need to think about it more. Like the the Kings, the Kings' home crowd is our the home court advantage that the Kings have is arguably the best in the league, and they'd have home court advantage. Stop, bro. Um, the, dude, dude, come Warriors on. Home court advantage would destroy them. I mean, that's fine, but they get three games at home versus the Kings. I know, but the like, Kings dude, haven't even been that good at home, though. Like, also, you're talking about like such a bad. And the Warriors have the been Kings the worst team the in the league on the road. The Warriors of have years of years of data of doing. Oh, I understand them. that. I understand that, but the team just hasn't been as good this year. Pools regressed. Obviously, Wiggins hasn't been there. I mean, how can you say the pool hasn't regressed this year? We know what pool is, bro. Like these guys aren't worse at basketball. 
Basketball I just think is it, a very, I don't really care about anyone else but a healthy Steph. Basketball is a like if you a get a healthy sport. Steph, I don't think this team has Steph, won they're not losing four to the titles. The yeah, they're not can. losing to a king. That doesn't mean that I can't pick against them. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just arguing for your reasoning just being that the Kings have home court. The Kings haven't honestly been that good at home this year. And then no one there has done it. And they have a well, full rim protector. I, I, well, it's more, it's it's more so about how bad the Warriors have been <clears throat> on the road this season. Now, I mean, they get Gary Payton back, and clearly they need Gary Payton. I think that Dante's been really good, but I think a big thing with the Warriors is that the young guys haven't been what the young guy what they thought the young guys were going to be, right? And like the opportunity that they've had with no Gary Payton, Steph out for stretches, Wiggins clearly gone for a while now. Does, does that make you nervous at all? Like the the more thin bench, because no. last year's bench last year's bench was really really good. But we have everyone besides Otto. It's the same bench except we have Dante and no Otto. In my in my eyes, it's not like we were relying on Moody last year or Wiseman or whatever young guy you'd point to or Kaminga. Like I I get it. We've been terrible. Well, I mean, it was it was. I mean, it, it's also. I guess assuming that Gary Payton comes back and he's fine. I think he is. I mean, he's had a month and a half now. Dude, that situation was so weird, by the way. Yeah. The, the trade. And just to be clear, I don't – I'm not saying I'm taking the Kings, but I, I feel like more credit needs to be – and I, I get the Warriors' perspective. They won four titles. I just feel like it, more credit like, needs to be given to the Kings. It. That's fair. That's fair. But to me – it. I guess it'd be like someone being picking against. Eh, actually, that's not. That's a pretty shit comparison. Never mind. I was gonna bring up the Dodgers, but it's just like I know what I know what the score does. I've seen it over and over. They know they know how to win these games. That five man lineup of Steph and I know Wiggins might not be there, but that five line man lineup of Steph, Wiggins, Clay, Drake, Loon has been incredible still this year, and Clay's actually Clay again. Like I just I would. I know I'm a huge Warriors fan, but I, I, I would have trouble saying that this Kings team, that I could pick them, given they still do they still like Sabonis for as good as he's been. I, I, re- it's it's also rooted in, in basketball. Like I, I do think they're going to struggle to defend in the playoffs, and I know they're going to score. Uh, oh, they're definitely going to struggle to defend. But I think I, I really sure. do think they're going to struggle to defend. And if I'm going through these these matchups. Maybe a lot of it is is still just needing to see it, but I'm not taking them. I'm not taking them over us. I guess I, if Zion's there, I'm not taking them over the Pelicans. I think the Timberwolves honestly would be a pretty cl- like I think that series would go seven, and I think I might be in the minority, but I think that would go seven. Um, I don't know. I I just have concerns about their defense and their ability to protect the rim and defend in the half court. But I don't want it to come across as me devalidating what they've done this year because they have been legit and they have won games and grinded out games that a lot of teams wouldn't with the lack of experience that they have. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do defensively. Um, and if their a game plan changes, I mean, it, they have the most uh, possessions per a hundred of, or, possessions per 100 most possessions per game of any team in the league naturally the playoffs slow down a little bit um 
So it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, Fox's clutch numbers have been by far the best in the league this season. Let's see if that translates to the playoffs. So, of course, there's questions. I just think it's probably, for me, it's a conversation. I, it, for me, it's not automatic, oh, I'm taking the Warriors over the Kings. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, one last thing on it because we're in this discussion. Because I, I think it's important to talk about. When you say Poole has regressed, Obviously, in terms of the numbers, he has. He has not had a great statistical year, and he still has flaws as a young player. But in my eyes, that maybe it's not regressed. It doesn't as mean that he's gotten it, worse. You know? Maybe regress is not the right word. Maybe it's he's he stayed stagnant. You know where he has a lot of Malik Beasley in him. You know where it's like he has <laughs> nights where it's three for seventeen or, tough, tough or whatever. Version, but yeah, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is like. Yeah. He chucks and, yeah. he, you know, he's not super locked in on defense and like he'll take shots where you can clearly see Steph and Clay and Draymond like visibly frustrated with him. Like, why are you taking that transition three? Agree. You know, agree. So maybe it's more so I expected him. He gets the payday. I expected him to kind of take another step up. Um, and I haven't seen that, but you've been more tuned in with it. So maybe you think it, it's. It's it's actually a really interesting conversation because I think on any other team, he would. But I just think on this team with Clay and Steph, his role is a it's it's just harder for him because he's targeted on defense. He doesn't always have the ball in his hands. It's it's just he's asked to play a much more I think disciplined and less free flowing role than he'd want. And I think he'd have more success on another team. I, I honestly, if Steph and Clay stay here, I don't think he's worth the contract that we gave him. So it'll be interesting. I, I honestly, if I'm Bob Myers, I would look and see what we could get for him. But for this year and this year alone, I, 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 I mean, he's insanely talented and he can do things for you offensively. But there are definitely some things around him. Um, all right. I'm going to send you guys another invite. We'll clean up with the West. We'll get to... To your nuggets, Tyler. Uh, we'll get to some grizzlies. Yeah, I just feel like I guess they're not your nuggets, but Sarge, Sarge is going to pick them at four again this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to send you guys another one. Oh, I just started it. Even if you're not. Um. All right, last couple teams here in the West. We got the Suns, Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. Uh, where do where do you guys want to go? You guys choose. We got Clippers too. And Clippers, my bad. You know, Sarge, you pick, bro. What what team moves you? What team gets you excited? I, I think we're all pretty out on the Kings having any opportunity to win the championship. I don't know, Tyler. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> don't get your panties in a fucking wad. Um, they're not. Was it, was, it was a conversation. They're not, bro. Don't get mad at me, bro. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Yes, we can agree that the Kings don't have championship aspirations. Okay. Okay. What about the Grizzlies? Because I'm pretty out on them being able to win a championship. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they're the favorite, but I, I, I do think there's a world. Okay, first off, for me, yeah. let's just talk about like representing the West because I don't think the Grizzlies are beating any of the big three or four – big three in the East – but I do think there's a like a a not there's like a non-zero chance that they could represent the West if things broke perfectly. Um, 
I just, for me, I go back to the stretch they had. Tyler, you're better at having it like right there. But they had a stretch where they were really, really good. Really, really good. Um, and I know they've gone through some turmoil. And I mean, right now they've been really good. Yeah, they're right now that they're figuring it out, but they're not a perfect team. But I do think um, I do think it's a team that can make some noise. And I think it just comes down to me. I love Jaron Jackson, bro. And I know he has his issues with fouls. He's worked on them slightly improved this year Uh, for as much shit as DB gets. Like I I, when I watch him, he he does his job defensively. Uh, He just needs he's kind of with Malik in terms of like there's some shots that he takes where it's like, all right, maybe just swing it. Yeah, maybe just swing it. Uh, or, or pass it back out. Uh, but I love Desmond Bain. I think Jaws an insanely uh gifted half court. I mean, not just half court, but he he can create for you in the half court as well. So I would not put it at zero. But yeah, I don't I don't have him as the favorite. But I I do think this is a really good basketball team, and I think this is a team that I mean, it's to the point where if we played them first round, I I think I would pick the Grizzlies, and I would not have done that last year. Um, so. That's where I'm at personally. What about you guys? I just think it's that, tough. That, it's crazy that Dylan Brooks is this bad of a shooter. He wasn't this bad of a shooter in college. Like he was, he shot like 50% from the field and he shot 40 plus from deep in college. Um, deep. And now it's like, I mean, even his first couple of years in the league, he was like 44% from the field. 35% from deep, 37% from deep. And it's not like his, I mean, sure, he'll take some dumb ones, but it's like, in general, he can get pretty decent looks in this offense. You I know? mean, at this Dude, time. Teams, teams leave him open too, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they so, let him shoot. But I mean, uh, this DB is one of those guys where obviously he's not a likable person, right? <laughs> Just from the outside in. But like, I mean, in general, there's a reason that he plays. Like he he is a very good defensive wing, um, but just because he is who he is and misses a lot of shots, he's always going to get shit. But like, I don't think of him as a negative. Do you guys? I sure as shit think he can shoot them out of multiple playoff games. Offensively, 100%. I, would, I would say he's a negative. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Overall, no. Defensively, obviously not. That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's tough to kind of make a decision. I want to see what things look like when Steven Adams comes back. I mean, part of part of the reason that Triple J's looked so good recently is because Ja hasn't been there. And so he's taken more shots. So if Triple J can keep his shot attempts between, you know, 15 to 18 rather than 9 to 12 – it's a different Grizzlies team, but what I kind of worry about is with Ja coming back into the starting lineup, Triple J is not going to shoot as much. He's not going to be as effective on the offensive end. He's obviously a top five defender in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I still think the chances they come out of the West are minimal. Um, but sounds like you guys are both kind of just, just like, I'm just getting a meh vibe from you guys. It's just like, Man. Too many moving pieces, bro. You haven't had John a really long time. You have to integrate Steven Adams back. And in the West, especially like the way it is right now, like the the first playoff matchup is gonna be not fun for them. It's gonna be Lakers, gonna be Warriors, gonna be T Wolves, like it's OKC. It's not gonna be a fun matchup. Plus, after that, 
I still don't think the guys are going to be in it. I just don't – I don't know. I, I don't like the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, you, you could – there's a, a plausible scenario where they have to go through the Lakers or, like you said, Pelicans, Wolves, round one, and then they could face the Warriors round two. Um, it's just a brutal way to go through the West um, for the Grizzlies. But they will have home court in all those matchups. And they're so, fucking disgusting at home. Yeah, yeah they have the best true. home record in the league. 32-5. and five. Yeah, I, I, um, I think they're pretty I good. Have, I think they're pretty good. I mean, for me, it, it's kind of like a low-key storyline, but not having Brandon Clark, I think, is a really big deal. Like, he won some games last year for them against Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, uh, I remember like that. Massive, massive offensive rebounds. He's a great passer, and he's not going to be there. Then you're stuck with Xavier X Tillman, been, the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. He's good. Yeah, he's solid. He's solid. But he, he just doesn't do – I mean, he just doesn't do what, obviously, Brandon Clark can do. Uh, yeah. So it's a mix of X-Men and yeah. Santi Aldama, uh, who both don't have a ton of playoff experience between the yeah. two of them. That's fair. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a ton to say about them. I think uh, I think they're a really good basketball team, um, but I still think they're not at the peak yet. But we'll see. We'll I have see. to say really quick – I have yeah. to apologize to Triple J. I feel like I've on this podcast I've been very harsh to him in the past. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten the vibe you you like Triple J too much. Well, I just felt like a guy his size should be able to rebound more than four on average a game. Um, yeah. but he's been, I mean, so good defensively, so so good defensively, and he's got a respectable shot from deep too. Like teams, it can't looks off it him. looks like a ten year old's pulling from half court. <laughs> But it goes in. It does yeah. go in. He's been really, really good. Well worth yeah. the extension that he got. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's to the point where, yeah, when, anytime a guard is going in there, it, it's tough. Like, he, he makes he, – he really makes you second-guess your ability to attack the paint. So um, – and I think that's huge come playoff time, just in general, in the game of basketball. So uh, – but I'm with you guys, like – also, the the Steven Adams piece is a big deal. Like, they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the league, yeah. and they haven't been that, obviously, since yeah. he went down. It's probably um, a little bit correlated to, to Steven Adams. You uh, you need a guy, guy out there like that with uh, with Dylan Brooks chucking. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many Dylan Brooks misses Steven Adams has off rebounded. <laughs> it's probably at least 70. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, let's go before we go to the Nuggets, Suns. Um, and that's a, such a fun part aspect of all this is like we're going through these teams, and all these teams have like a a storyline. And obviously, with the Suns, it's it's KD. Um, and I'm of the mind that like it is so hard to win an NBA title that you have like no, nah, not I just don't really see very see very many scenarios where you win a title. And your best player or second best player was a, a trade acquisition at, at the deadline. I just, I think it's really hard to integrate. I think it's something that I think you need to go through training camp and build. And I just, I know the Suns are a popular pick. And I know they're obviously a very dangerous team with KD. Um, but I, I don't think they're good enough. I don't. To win a title. Am I, do you guys agree? Disagree. Even with KD. This is with KD. This is even with KD. I, I don't think they're going to. Healthy KD. And I love KD, dude. I do love KD. But uh, I think all three teams, and we'll get to the East. I think all the, 
the th- big three in the East are better, like substantially better. But what about getting to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, they can get to the Western Conference Finals. They could. They're probably. Would you guys say they're the favorite if Katie's healthy? I don't know how you could put I, them as the favorite. I think I'd still take the Nuggets as the favorite, dude. Like at at to me, like Caleb going off the point that you literally just made about like you need a full training camp, off season, full season to ramp up. This team is going to have played. And they're not even fully back yet. Aiden's not back yet. KT's not back yet. They're going to be lucky if they play 10, 15 games together before round one. Um, now, getting through the Western Conference Finals, that's like, or through to the Western Conference Finals, that's like potentially 21 games fully healthy, right? And so I, I just don't know how likely that is with Chris Paul, where he's at in this stage of his career. And Durant hasn't been the epitome of health either. Like when was the last time he went, I mean, I guess against the Bucks, was that two years ago? Yeah. The foot the foot on the line season? Two, um, yeah. But I mean, dude, KD has had multiple lower body injuries this season. Um along with all the other lower body injuries that he's had in his career. And so I, they're competitive or they're competitors for coming out of the West for sure. But to make them like a shoe in favorite is crazy to me considering what Denver has been able to do this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're good enough to win a title, but I, I think, I also think I'm low. Well, well, let's just, let's bleed this into Denver and this can be like a duo go. You want to say something? One other point is about, Like I was, I don't know who, who they were playing. Oh, it was, it was, they were playing OKC. Yeah, they were playing OKC. And it's like. With KD or without him? Without KD. And and I know we have to take all those games with a grain of salt. The one where they destroyed him? Like lately or is it a different game? No, where they lost to OKC, where they were up. Oh, in OKC. Like last week, like last week. Okay. Yeah. And again, I understand KD is not there, but. Even if KD is there, there's going to be a spot. It's like the like the Isaac Okoro spot in Cleveland, where it's going to be Torrey Craig, Ish Wainwright, Josh Okogie, who are all not good three-point shooters that are going to end up getting, between the three of them, probably eight to 12 three-pointers a game that are going to be relatively open looks. What's Okogie shooting? Concerns. I feel like I have not seen that motherfucker miss from three. Like I know historically he's, he's not. Recently. Okay, yeah, he's only at 32 right now. But like to, to me, it's like, oh, he's that low? Yeah. And that, that's with him seemingly being really high. Like, yeah. that's a real concern to me. Like, they don't have great depth. Yeah. Um, and so they're just obviously relying on the big four to be healthy for four rounds. And Campaign's good off the bench, I will say. Dude, and that's the Not thing. The playoffs, he wasn't. It, it... Last year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a whole group, though, that... Yeah, but I, I I'm with you. They they just do seem to like get the most out of role players though. Like I don't know how they do it. Their bench is d- d- really bad if you're just looking at pure talent, but it works. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think this is a title contending team. But th- or, okay, they're a title contending team. I don't think they will win a title. But I also think that like. In the playoffs, we know the game slows down a little bit, and they have two of the best half-court isolation basketball players in the league, um, well, it, would be my devil's advocate. 
to be fair, I have similar concerns about Denver too. Like, like Denver's two deadline acquisitions, and I guess we could move to Denver. Yeah, now, let's just deadline, go or, Denver's two deadline acquisitions. So Thomas Bryant and Reggie Jackson were both <laughs> out of the road. D- out D- of the rotation last night. Yeah, against Milwaukee. Yeah, Reggie. Like, like <laughs> I mean, they're seriously going to have their bench rotation is going to be Najee. Christian Brown, dude. They the the Nuggets have not really been that great the last fifteen games. Like they haven't been bad, but for the standard that is the number one team in the West, you know, potentially competing for an NBA championship, I haven't really. And it might some of it might just be like, I like boredom, but it's like I don't know. They don't really strike fear in me the way they kind of did at the halfway point where I just felt like every night, all right, they're going to put up 130. And I, I don't know. It's just – it's not like they're really dealing with that many injuries. Like, I don't know necessarily what it is. that They're probably still the favorite in the West for me. But it's like I don't I, – I don't fear them. And I do think when you're look, talking about the title, you're comparing them to all the title contenders and not just in the West. And I just – I know they beat Milwaukee last night, but that was a tough travel spot for Milwaukee. I just don't think – they're there with Milwaukee and Boston and Philly. Depth, depth wise, for sure. Like depth wise, dude, both not. those teams have incredible depth. Both Milwaukee and Boston. Denver has six and guys. Philly. Denver legitimately oh. has six guys. That's it. And who, who and even Caleb, is their sixth guy? Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They do. Caleb, part of like I was kind of looking into it because I think part of it was. Yeah, they kind of got bored, right? At, at one point when Jaw was out, they had like a seven and a half game lead on Memphis. And they yeah. were probably like, all right, we can kind of coast a little bit. And then one loss became four uh, in a row. Yeah. But part of it, Jokic's numbers are the exact same. Michael Porter's had a pretty good Jokic is incredible. And, and Murray yeah. has too. But Jokic, this is like, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. K- KCP's shooting 25% from deep this month. And Bruce Brown shooting 26% from deep this month. And they're both well over 30 this year. Um, and so I think genuinely, like they just weren't really hitting shots for most of the month. Now you could say that the defense has regressed in Jamal. There's some nights where like defensively Jamal and Nicola in the pick and roll are atrocious. Cooked. It's so, so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But dude, I will say, and I hate that it, like, I hate that the discord, the MVP discourse has gone this way, but, like, because, I mean, Yoke does have some deficiencies on defense, but, like, dude, I feel like when I watch a Denver Nuggets game, Nikola Jokic shoots, for, like, 12 of 14 every, every game, dude. Like, he doesn't miss shots, and he creates so many good looks. Like, I have no worries about the offense. I just don't know if they defend at a high enough level as some of these other championship contenders. Um, And I think, again, we're comparing – when we're talking about titles, we're talking about the East too. So I like them. I think they probably come out of the West, given they'll have home court no matter what, and they're really, really hard to beat there, and they have an incredible offense. Uh, But there are some concerns that I have with this team, and I don't know that it's – that they're there yet for me in the same breath of, of some of these other teams. Yeah, we didn't talk. We, I was gonna say Go we ahead. didn't talk about the Clippers at all. Like, do you guys think there's 
I mean, with PG, I know I know how Tyler feels. I think if with PG was PG there, were... if PG were there, they'd be interesting as a wild card. Um, but I don't think PG coming in after three weeks off. I don't think this the structure and the system that they have right now is good enough. I mean, you even look at last night, like, dude, they got waxed by a Pelicans lost by twenty. That has yeah. not like yes, they've been a little bit better lately, but like. It's it's so Kawhi Leonard reliant. Um, they lost their best shooter, who I know gives up a lot on the defensive end. It's just, yeah, it's just I'm out on them. I'm out. I on agree. Them. I'm listening, bro. I think such an underrated part of making a finals run is health. Like, sure, having the talent is great, but if the health isn't there, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I think a decent example of it last year is Philly, right? Like, I like Philly. Harden was still nursing the hamstring and and B had a broken orbital bone that made him miss two games against Miami and Miami won the series. Um, And so when you're talking about like that topic and you consider the Clippers, they haven't been healthy since Kawhi and Paul George got there. Like to me thinking that team can win four rounds and be healthy every game for two straight right. months. Like, I just don't see it. Right. And I, I completely agree because I think, I don't think you're crazy to say if they are healthy, they can do it. But when you have the track record of never being healthy, you can't really ever rely on that or say that it's something that is a probable thing, you know? And I don't think that I should be coming across as like a hater. I'm pretty sure in the off season prior to the season getting started, I think I said that the Clippers, they were my favorites to win the title coming into the season, you know, cause Kawhi and Paul George were both healthy and they had great depth. But again, you know, one of the two of them gets hurt. Yeah. I think it was just early on. I remember, but yeah, I think off season. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. I mean, it's just every year, bro, every year, one of those two guys goes down and we saw it two years ago, right? Even without Kawhi Leonard, they pushed the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals and and almost got there. Um, but it's just another year, and and who knows? Maybe maybe PG does come back. They want to play in game, and they're the seventh seed, and 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 who knows? But I I just don't think it's something that you can count on. Um, all right, before we move to the East, give me your Western Conference Finals matchup and who comes out, and we'll do this again before the playoffs start. But as of right now. I don't think right now we can I, we can actually do a matchup, can we? With like, I guess, how you're, you're right. Just give me your out. winner. Just give me your winner. Denver. You're right. Denver. I'm gonna go with Denver too, even though it's so sad. It's not fun. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Phoenix. Just to be different. Really. Just to be different, dude. I mean, if if KD book. Are healthy, I'll go Phoenix. Well, there there were two other teams that I thought you would have taken over Phoenix. Phoenix or the Warriors. Mm. And I know, like, the, the tough part is, like, if you go individually through the podcast, I literally said I'd take the Grizzlies in a first-round series. And I also literally said that I didn't think the Suns were a contender. But go, 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 T. What's different uh, about the Pelicans team that took Phoenix to seven games last year? Did anything change with that team? Uh, with the Pelicans? Yeah. 
FBI. I think I think a, I think it's underrated what a whole offseason will do with a group in just in terms of gelling. Like CJ had just been traded there. Uh, I think BI is better than what he was. I think a lot of the younger guy, Trey Murphy's better than what he was. Uh, but mostly just like continuity. I'm just thinking like if the Pelicans stay at seven and they face the Grizzlies and the Suns fall to six. And then it's a it's a Phoenix Pelicans Pelican. matchup round two. Yeah. Willie Green. That Pelicans team is crazy. So yeah. deep and so talented. No, I, I don't think it's crazy at all to sit here and just like if we're predicting next year's Western Conference winner to say the Pelicans. Yeah. Just in terms of you just need Zion. All right, let's go to the East, which honestly at this point is to me the more the more interesting conference. Um I don't think we need to spend as much time at the bottom as we did with the West. And and really to me, outside of the top five, I don't I really don't have much to say. But if you guys have any team you want to highlight, any storyline you want to highlight, any player you want to highlight, uh, with six through whatever, uh, even if it's a team battling for the play in, now's the time. And I know, like, I'm not good at planning this. So, like, it's not like we have notes and you can, like, create a point. But if anything comes to mind right now. I don't want to watch the Bulls in a playoff series. So, get, get them out of out of anything. Okay, fair. <laughs> That's um, all I have to say. I don't really want to watch Miami in a playoff series either. Um, I, I'm just... I'm done with this iteration of Miami. I just uh, were you ever not... into it? <laughs> like I feel like Sarge actually kind of has liked there... Miami in the past. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think oh, there yeah. were there were moments. There were moments like when they were in the finals. Dude, this team was literally a Jimmy finals. Butler shot away from being in the finals last year. Yeah, they went to the finals in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. people forget, and and Jimmy is one of the best playoff performers i've we've you know we've witnessed uh but just something about this team i mean they've actually they've been a little bit better lately um but they're just so mad at me i mean they lost a massive game to brooklyn was it last night or yeah. two nights ago yeah two nights ago two nights ago yeah. <sighs> um yeah i mean I, I think that that entire crop especially if you compare it to the west like that playing group I don't think that any of them really are going to make noise. Yeah. Like, realistically, do you see any upset in the East, like, in the first round? I don't see any. I, I don't think the Bucks would lose to any 8 seed. The Celtics aren't losing to any 7 seed. I don't see the Sixers losing to the Nets right now. And I, if, it, and I if there is, the I do Cavs think – If there is, I do think it, it would be Miami. But I don't think it's something I'd say is likely to happen. Just because yeah, Miami's been there and they've done that. And they know how to win. And they. What would you put it at? Twenty percent against Celtics. Yeah, maybe a little less, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing that would put at twenty five percent or higher on any. On any of these. Toronto's been a little bit better with with Jakob in the mix. (laughs) Yeah, we're just trying to manufacture storylines with these teams. It's okay. We can we can move on to five and up. Um, let's start with the Knicks. They actually. They get a ton of shit because Julius Randle's like the most hated all-star we've ever seen. And there's some reasons why, but he's been incredible this year. Uh, Jalen Brunson's been incredible this year. 
Uh, Josh Hart's been a great fit with them. Mitchell Robinson's a guy that I think doesn't get enough love as a rim protector. He's just going to take two shots a game, but he's going to get six offensive rebounds. He's going to affect eight to nine shots uh, at the rim. He's going to control the glass. Julius Randle does not have the most aesthetically pleasing game, uh, but those two lefties can absolutely find ways to put the ball in the basket. Um, and, and Quentin Grimes has, has turned into a fun little like a uh, three and D guy. Um, so I, I, I think Cavs Knicks is going to be a incredible first round matchup that I think if I think maybe the casual fan would just write in the Cavs and that the Cavs should be the favorite between those two. But I do think that is going to go seven. Um, and I really, I like the way that the, the Knicks play basketball. I think the swing piece is, is RJ Barrett. And I honestly, I don't have the most faith in RJ Barrett. Um, sorry, Chuck, but, I'm really excited for that first round matchup. Have you guys been able to tune into the Knicks at all? What are you guys' thoughts on them? Dude, I haven't watched a lot of Knicks. That's like the one team I feel like I haven't seen too much of. I don't know why. Yeah, no, that's right. I didn't watch a lot of them either until Josh Hart went. And I can't believe I didn't even bring up uh, Quickly. Quickly's been really, really good yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah, Quickly's Quickly's been amazing. He's like crazy defensively, which I did not really expect coming out of yeah. college. Um, yeah, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, is he the favorite for the sixth man of the year now? Dude, I don't know. I, I saw think... that like a month ago. You could have taken him at plus three thousand, and now he's like minus something. Damn, good for him. Yeah, I uh, I have real, real concerns about J.B. Bickerstaff coaching in the postseason um, and really? going against a guy like Tibbs. I, like you guys both said, Cleveland should be favored. They're the better basketball team. But X's and O's, I'm scared with Bickerstaff. I'm scared with Okoro in the corner. Okoro has been much, much better. He's been 40% he has. from D. But we've talked about that, right, bro? It's like no matter how good Donovan is, no matter how good – uh, Darius is it leads to wide open shots in the corner for Isaac Okoro and Lamar Stevens and I don't know that I'm there yet just in terms of trusting them and Okoro has shot it a lot better I still don't know that I trust him to hit it at a 36% clip in the playoffs what about big Dean Wade I mean Dean Wade's solid but he's not playing over Mobley and Allen you know like that that last spot ends up being either Okoro or Lamar and they're just wide open like teams will literally i remember philly just played them and almost there was like four straight possessions where philly was perfectly fine with just letting cleveland have wide open corner threes for those guys and philly won the game i almost wonder if bickerstaff's strategy is to not like to have mobley like not be guarding a Coro, but just almost be like a floating guy and then have your Lamar seed of Lamar Stevens or a Coro guarding Randall. Because that if if Randall is being guarded by Mobley, that means that Mobley has to be pulled out to the perimeter because you have to respect Randall's jumper this season. And so if that's the case, he's pulled out, that leaves driving lanes for quickly Brunson, who are gifted finishers. Um, so I wonder if they don't put Mobley on Randall. I don't know. The the only – well, for me, I think that's why I do like Cleveland is because even if Mobley does get pulled out a little bit, you still have Jarrett back there. 
Yeah, but I, I, and that's true. I just feel like Brunson, if both of those guys are in there, Mobley and Allen, Brunson's ability to finish in the paint, which is, I mean, other than SGA, he might be the best paint finisher as a guard. Um, and if both those, you know, oak trees are in there, I don't know if he can finish as well. But if Mobley's on the perimeter, I don't Gobert's know. Just playing so well right now in this game. Sorry. Is he actually, or are you just joking? Yeah, no, I swear. Defensively right now, he's blocked like two shots. He's grabbing every board. He got <laughs> fouled twice down low. He's, he's a fucking really mo- He's still a monster. He's still a monster. And it, I get annoyed, but I haven't even been watching. I've just, I just been locked in with you guys. But this Especially is a, when he's guarding Dre, bro. He's got a good hit. Yeah, because he paint. can just sit. Yeah, he can just yeah. sit. Um, Sorry. But no, no, you're good. I, I like. I think it goes seven, and I think Cleveland wins it. But I think Knicks have a – absolutely have a shot and julius randall and, and jalen brunson just generate half court offense like they they just do um and they have guys who can attack closeouts and who can hit shots and they have that rim protector too so it's just a it's a fun team that i didn't expect like coming into the year i did not expect the knicks to be good at all i knew brunson was coming to town and i still was like eh, eh they might be a seven seed um and i know they're only a five seed but they like they're legitimately a, a team that when I watch them, I'm like, okay, this is like a this is an above average basketball team. This is a team that you really have to play well against most nights if you want to beat them. So um I, I think I know we don't have a lot of these matchups set yet, but I think right now this is my favorite matchup for round one is is gonna be the Knicks and Cavs, and I think it's gonna be an incredible matchup. Um do you are you guys in the mindset of the Cavs be like with over under Five percent chance that the Cavs win a title this year. Over under five percent. I know that's like a weird question. Do you? I guess what I'm asking is, do you do you see a chance that the Cavs can win a title this year? I would put it at five percent, bro. Yeah, like, I think that's a pretty good number. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they kind of have a formula to win, right? I mean, Donovan Mitchell can elevate his game uh, with the best of them, and then they have the best defense in the league. Yep. Uh, but again, the swing piece is going to be whoever plays the three, right? Lavert, uh, Stevens, it's, Dean yeah. Wade, it's tough because Lavert and Wade will hit those the the shots that you want at a higher clip. Oh, Rudy is feasting, but then you they can't really guard threes. They can't really guard threes. Whereas yeah. Lamar and Acora, they'll guard threes. But dude, no. the Cavs match up super well against a lot of teams, man. Like against both yeah. top teams, like against the Celtics and against uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, dude, they match up super and well for both of them. And Philly. All of them. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you. I, I I think there's a chance they could win it, um, but they're probably still a year or two away uh, from being like that team that you you think is like okay, they're right there. You know. Um, who do they? Who who would they put on Harden in a matchup against Philly? Dude, I just Aquaro. watched. I just watched the game. I, I think it was a Coro, but I don't remember. <laughs> and and they put a Coro on they, him for sure. They put Mobley on Joel. I think they put I think they put Jared on PJ. I, I don't remember. I'll have to pull up the tape. But what about I, Boston? What what have they done it? They've had good games against Boston this year. They have. I don't but know. How did they match up the Jays? Yeah, dude, I don't know how they do dude, that. I, I, feel, I, I, feel, I, I swear, I, I feel like Mobley could not take no. Tatum, but like yeah. would be a, would be a fun matchup. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I I'm really excited think, about the West. They're the East. I think five percent's a a good number. It's possible. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, let's get into the big three: Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. Oh, go ahead, T. One last point. Sorry on uh on Cleveland. Cleveland, they could get the three. I'm not sure if you've seen what Cleveland's schedule is down the stretch, but they have six games left. They're two games back. They get Indiana, Orlando, Orlando, Charlotte to finish. Um, I don't even know if they want the three. Maybe they like their matchup against New York. But no, bro. They want the three. No yeah. doubt. Nets or New There's York? Six I'm taking Nets. I'm taking... Yeah, I I mean Nets I, could fall out too though. Philly Philly still has the toughest strength of schedule remaining. They go they're on the road at Denver tomorrow. And they're not exactly healthy right now. Would you rather play Heat or would you rather play the Heat or the Knicks? The Heat, honestly, for me. I, I really like the way That's the Knicks. Really tough for me. That dude. is tough though. That is tough. Both, both great coaches. Yeah. I'd rather not go against Spolstra. And Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that Jimmy. that's fair. That's fair. Playoff I just, Jimmy. I I like what the Knicks are doing. Um, and, and I agree that that's actually a really good point because I mean, Joel literally came out this today and said, "I'm fucking tired." Like, I am. Yeah, so dude. Tired. And respect it, dude. This guy is, I, 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 he got that injury label tag, and, and I get it. Right early on, he wasn't, but this dude is a warrior. He played. He's playing back to backs this year. He's he's played a ton of games this year. And he's he just wants the MVP, bro. That is probably a huge aspect of it. He's gonna run himself into the fucking ground because he huge, wants the I MVP. Even think about that. Dude, and honestly, quotes, I think, yeah, the, the quotes, I think he might get it. Did you Did you see? I'm sure you saw what he said after the the Golden State game, where I Draymond. Say, that is a. Li- he said that to Dre. At least he didn't go to the media and say that. And Dre said the quote, <laughs> but yeah. But I honestly, I I kind of like that. Like I like that edge. I like that fire. Like, but yeah, no, he he very well. And it's like, dude, we have like literal two two playoffs now where you your team lost because you weren't healthy. Like maybe maybe you should rest some of these back to back, bro. Um, but okay, we're gonna fully deep dive into these three because I'm very curious. They, uh, go ahead. They still have at Denver. Versus Toronto at Milwaukee, home versus Boston, home versus the Heat at Atlanta at Brooklyn. That's a brutal that's a brutal schedule. schedule. That's brutal. And those home are versus all legitimate. Dallas. Those are all legitimate playoff teams. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna break down these last three teams uh, in a sec. I'll send you guys another invite. Let's get to the East. We got the Sixers. We got the Celtics. We got the Bucks. And I know we've already touched a little bit on all three of these teams, but. To me, all three absolute title contenders. These would be my three favorite teams to win the title. Um, and the one seed looking really important, too, because in theory, you know, the one seed gets to avoid one of those two teams in the in the next round. And it's honestly huge. I don't think you can understate how important that is. Um, let's just continue with Philly because we've already, you know, kind of touched on them. How, how do you guys think about them? I know, I know, Tyler, you liked, was it, was it, it wasn't last year. No, it was last year, right? And I picked them to win it. You picked them to win it, um, and they just they weren't healthy. Um, where are you at on them this year? They're much much better. Yeah. Um, I mean they they weren't healthy last year, but the team was worse 
you know, you didn't have Anthony Melton. Melton, bro. How yeah, good that's... of a year has he had? Unreal, bro. Unbelievable. I mean, it's believable, so but he's been so good, dude. So yeah. good. He was so underrated in Memphis, too. I don't think people realize, like, just, just a casual basketball fan, how good he was in Memphis off the bench. And he was like a 10th man there. Bro, yeah, now we're shooting 40% from three. Like, yeah. I know he gets a lot of open looks, but still, dude. It's still fucking got to make them. And he defends at a really high level. Yeah. I mean, Philly just has everything, bro. They they really do. They have, to me, uh, Joel Embiid might be the best half court, like, offensive option ever. Like, just in terms of, like, and I, that may be hyperbole, but he, like, you go to him, and generally, if he's one-on-one, he's going to score or draw a foul. And then if you double him, he's really, honestly, a good passer. Like, in games without Harden, he's averaging, like, six assists a game because you double him. And it's not like you're getting the same double every time you'll mix. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys heard, but Dre talked about, like, we threw a different look at him at almost every single possession, whether it was straight up, doubling early, doubling late, doubling from below the key, doubling from the top of the key. And he just beat it every time. I know they ended up losing the game, but like in the playoffs, that's just such a weapon because it just creates so many advantages for your team. And then it's not like you don't have guys like, like in Cleveland, right? You, you, it leads to a bunch of a threes or Lamar threes and Philly. It, it leads to Tobias threes or DeAnthony Melton threes or Matthew PJ Tucker threes. corner PJ who is looking like a fucking grandpa this year, but it's still PJ Tucker, you know, like he knows how to win basketball games. So it's just, it's just a really damn good basketball team. And, you know, in a lot of years, it would be the favorite. I just think there's two other really, really fucking good basketball teams as well. But, like, whoever Philly ends up playing in the second round, whether it's, you know, it's probably going to be Milwaukee but or Boston, but um, it's just going to be an unbelievable series. And, and I would not be surprised at all if, if Philly comes out and, and wins the title this year. It's just Joel Embiid is – that good like it is it is incredible watching him play um and it's different even than like in my eyes three years ago like he he's honestly gotten better every single year at scoring the basketball in so many different ways that there's just usually with guys even with Giannis you know like there's there's thing there's ways to defend him that like you'll you can live. foul Giannis you cannot foul Embiid he's lights right. out of the free throw line right like there's just really no way that you can do- come into a game plan against Embiid and be like all right, he may beat us this way, but, like, <clears throat> this is the way to play him. Like, there's there's no real blueprint in my eyes, um, and he's just an incredible, incredible offensive defender. Like, is he going to be – like, I know Shaq is Shaq, but, like, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful. I didn't watch Shaq in prime years, but it's like, how can this guy not end up being the best big man offensively ever? I, I don't know. He's definitely the best modern-day big man of all time. In terms of like Jokic, obviously passing the ball, but like dominant modern day big well, man. Yeah, so. Jokic does it in a different way where he's just like your engine and he's just, he'll create good looks for you time after time after time. I'm just talking about game slows down in the playoffs and you need a bucket. I just, it's, it's incredible for me to watch. How do you guys? It's, it's him and KD for me. Like if you're going to a dude to get a bucket, bro, it's like, yeah. KD in the mid-range yeah. or fucking a beat in the paint. And I'm a guy that's always been like, KD's the best scorer ever. And and KD, in terms of pure scoring, probably is. But, like, I've reached the point where I'm watching Embiid where it's like, dude, 
I mean, come the fuck on. Like, I don't know how a seven footer moves and has the touch like you do from everywhere on the floor. Skill is um, insane, dude. Yeah. So I I think I think they're probably like a like if you're really getting detailed with the tiers, I think they're maybe like a slight <clears throat> tick tier below Boston and Milwaukee. But it's not by much. And honestly, if you Dude, had them in the same tier, I wouldn't really blame you. I would give the, – the way I put it is if Milwaukee finishes one, I would give it in this order coming out of the East, like 40% chance for Milwaukee, 30% for Philly, and 30% for Boston because Boston and Philly are going to have to play each other in that second round. So yeah. I, I would literally give it 40-30-30 because I think they're so even, all of them, and each one of them has their own unique strength that – yeah, it, it's just a it's a coin flip for all of them, especially in the finals. Like obviously, if they have a seven round or a seven game series, Boston and Philly, and get beat the hell up or beat the hell out of each other, it's going to be advantageous to Milwaukee. But I mean, yeah. all three of those teams have a a legit argument to come out of the East. Yeah, I'm with you. T, where are you at in the? All right, T, rank these three in terms of likelihood to come out of the East. I want to share a stat really quick because it's something that I just – this is what the eye test tells me about Philly um, is that they shoot a lot of free throws. And <laughs> I think that in the postseason, the, the game is just called tighter. Like you don't get the bailout calls. Um, it's just much more physical in the postseason. Philly – Philly and Dallas have by far the highest free throw rate in the league. Like by far Philly makes the most free throws per game in the league. They're top three in the, in the league and free throw attempts per game. Um, Warriors and, are last by the way, if anyone. Yeah, Warriors are last Milwaukee's near the why. bottom. Denver's near the bottom. Uh, Phoenix is near the bottom. Boston is near the bottom. And so that what that tells me, is they don't rely as much on getting to the free throw line as Philly does, obviously. And so when I'm thinking like these three teams are so tightly bunched together and Philly relies so frequently on getting to the free throw line, I'm probably just going to side with what I think are the more gifted offenses, which would be Milwaukee and Boston. Um, Now, again, I know that Embiid is rep differently probably than any other player in the league, but still Embiid, like he kind of gets beaten up in the playoffs and doesn't get the same free throw rate that he does in the regular season. Um, So I think that's going to make a difference. I think Milwaukee's the best team in the league, so I'm ranking Milwaukee one. I think Boston and Philly are pretty interchangeable. I just think that Milwaukee, what they were able to do in getting guys like Jay Crowder, Ingles is back, they're all of a sudden like 10, 11 deep of guys with playoff experience. Um, now, granted, Denver molly whopped them last night, but second end of a back-to-back in Denver, yeah. they're going to lose that game. Um, I think Milwaukee's a cut above both Boston and Philly, and I think Boston and Philly are interchangeable. There, I, I have Milwaukee as the best team too. I mean, you, you just go through. First off, I, I still believe Giannis is the best player in the league. Um and then, I mean, you just – I've talked about it in chat a little bit. I i feel like I've talked – like, Chris Middleton is still, to this day, so underrated um, in my eyes. Like, he is so good offensively in my eyes. And I think a lot of this year he's gone been forgotten just because he's been hurt. Um, and even when he was there for a little bit, he wasn't right. But I do believe he is 
rounding into form just at the perfect time. And I think he is still to this day in the half court, such a weapon. Um, he's so efficient, gets to his spots, like doesn't really take bad shots. The shots that he takes that are quote tough or bad, he are, are his rhythm looks. You have Drew Holiday, who's an all-star, one of the more underrated players in this league. Uh, great defensively, great offensively. And I, I we can't go this second Brooke. without talking about Brooke. That dude is so fucking good. Like, so good to the point where it's like, dude, if I'm trying to win a basketball game, I, I'd have to get to it. But I don't know that there's five centers I would take over him at this point in time. Like, legitimately. You take Joel... You take Jokic. Shooting 38%. I'm trying to think. Like, like I'm not taking Aiton over him. I'm not taking – he's just incredible. Every single night, defensively, he makes it so tough to score at the rim. Are you taking him over Mobley? This – right now, yes. I think he impacts the game more right at this second than Mobley does. Obviously, long-term, you take Mobley. Maybe even next year you take Mobley, but right now, um, he, he's... Dude, have you have you looked at at Brook Lopez's numbers? No, honestly, dude, he's no. averaging a career high two and a half blocks a game. He's averaging thirty eight percent from three, also a career high, fifty two percent from the field, which is like, I think, two off his career high. Yeah, and and I think <laughs> one other thing too is like I think some people might think like. In for his offense, it's just threes. Like he actually scores in other ways. Like he's a capable post score. He's got a great right post now. hook. He kind of yeah. He he he. If, like if you close out hard, he can put it down. And he does this this thing where he just like he swings his big ass arms and, and draws fouls. Like he he's just incredible. And I think it's easy to forget you know him in the mix in the midst of uh, Drew Giannis and and uh, Middleton. But, like, he is so, so important to this team. And like T said, like, it's not like it's a starting lineup thing and it's just, okay, it's their, those five. Like, they're so deep. Joe Ingles, been incredible. Joe Ingles, 41% from three yeah, in the 40 like, games he's played. Hey, he, Crowder, who's honestly been good for them. Uh, Grayson Allen, Allen, for as much shit as he gets, is a solid NBA player. Javon Carter's been amazing for them. Like, it's just such a deep basketball team. They have weapons everywhere, and then their defense is just unreal. I feel like when they need it, need it to be, uh, I, I just yeah, I, I have trouble seeing them lose a seven game series if they're full. I, I, I think that Denver has a better shot in the finals against Milwaukee than they would against Philly or Boston, um, because I think that in a series against Milwaukee, and we kind of saw it last night. Now, granted, again, I understand it was a back-to-back, but when Yoke Denver played, Brooke. well, it's Yoke on Brook, and Bud's defense in general is this drop coverage. You can't do that against Denver. Denver shoots 40% from deep as a team. They have five guys that can absolutely snipe. Um, and so I think that like a guy like Brook in that series could become obsolete. Uh, I mean, Jokic put him in the doghouse last night, um, and – I, I'm just thinking like matchup wise against Philly. Philly doesn't really play a, a drop like that. And they have really good wing defenders. Boston definitely doesn't play a drop like that. I'm just thinking matchup wise. Wait, bro. Doesn't Philly and Boston also play drop? I feel like drops just 
Almost everyone no, they, plays Rob. Both, I mean, Embiid has done a lot of hedging this year. Where like Brooke, it's a noticeable difference. Where Brooke still Brooke gets literally, a lot of Brooke out. literally does sit. It's in a the legit in the key, step yeah. back. Where like Embiid, Horford, Rob, Will, like they're just not as aggre- as aggressively back in the paint. So I guess technically it's all kind of drop. Um, I'm just thinking from a matchup perspective, Boston and Philly defend that better against Denver, who's a great three point shooting team. That's fair. I I I still think that. Milwaukee though has I was thinking more of just like because a lot of obviously Denver's still going to run pick and rolls but because a lot of Denver's offense is initiated with Jokic in the post or the key and Brooke is forced out just to like defend there at least that's what I noticed they can get him into foul trouble but I still feel like guys like Drew and Middleton can get over screens they they fought in yeah Drew did uh, um, did you watch the game last night uh yeah, I watched it pretty intently the first half, and then once it started to get away, I kind of checked out like late third. But yeah. I watched most of it. Yeah, I did. There and Drew obviously is great. He's gonna do his best to fight over all screens. But you're right. kind of in a in a tough situation, right? Like when you have yeah. Jokic, you can shoot, and he's he's doing the dribble handoff to Michael Porter Jr., yeah. who's automatic at this point, dude. He's, he's like forty six percent. He's been ripping it. And so I just feel like they would be able to stretch that defense. I don't know if it's to the point where they would need to take Brooke off the floor. Um, Yeah. But I think it could get there, whereas I don't think that would be the case against Boston or Philly. That's fair. I I mean, I would still have Milwaukee favored in that series. Yeah, I I mean, they're deeper. They have a better team. Like, Denver runs a legit six deep, and the rest of it is more missed than hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're relying on, I mean, Zeke Naji, Christian Brown. Joe, I don't know. This is a side point. Not even basketball. I mean, it is basketball related, but not X's and O's. I don't know how Jeff Green still gets <laughs> up. He has like every three games has a poster where I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Did you see that one last night? Yes. Yes. God, on dude. Brooke, I, or it was on Giannis. It was on Giannis. It was on Giannis. It was on Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> just like, dude, you're like 35, 34. Like, how, what are you eating, bro? Like, and I honestly, I, I honestly don't even think like he's even that good anymore. But like, still, I don't know how he is dude, able I think to he's get like up there. Thirty-seven still. too. I, I think he's thirty-seven, not thirty-four. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy here, bro. Um. Okay, let's let's talk some Boston because we we haven't really talked about them. Um, obviously last year they represent the East, and I think, uh, dude, Joe Mazzula is unreal. I can't believe that I was expecting with the whole email thing. I mean, right before training camp too, that they would, I don't know, that that would have impact them negatively in some way, and it really hasn't seemed to do it. Um, obviously they're led by, they're three, they they're like, they're like the better Kawhi and PG now. Um where both these guys are insane offensive talents, but also get it, get the job job done defensively, super deep. Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White is an unbelievable defender. One of the more underrated uh, players in the league should be getting Bob Williams more and more healthy as we get there. Al Horford's still ticking on. Um, Mark. Huh? Marcus Smart. How could I forget Marcus, bro? Marcus Smart. Unbelievable. Marcus has been worse this year. Grant Williams. Huh? What'd you say, bro? Marcus has been worse this year. He doesn't look healthy. 
He got hurt early, and he hasn't really been the same. Like since, since the since the ankle injury, T, or even before that. I mean, even before that, but since the ankle in, uh, injury has been really bad. But I mean, Derek White's been amazing for them. Yeah. Um, I honestly I haven't Celtics. I haven't watched a lot of lately. I to me though, I just kind of like, I just kind of know what I'm getting from them, and I'm not I'm not worried about him. And Marcus is just such a dog and such a smart basketball player that. Yeah, I'd I'd assume that he's still a positive uh when the playoffs come around. But how how do you guys feel about them? I know I know we've already talked about T you have them in the same kind of interchangeable with Philly. Um if they were to match up, I guess, with let's say Milwaukee in the final uh Eastern Conference finals, uh what would you I guess make the series price? I, w- I would I think it would be Milwaukee minus one sixty five. Yeah. I'm I'm about there with you. I think maybe because they have home court, you could push it maybe a little bit higher. But I mean, this Milwaukee, Milwaukee yeah. with a a a less deep Milwaukee team without Middleton last year pushed the Celtics to seven. And the Celtics are in theory better with Brogdon. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm right about there. They can do it in Game Seven. They did, or was that six? I was think it was six? six. I think it was game six. six. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. They're a great team to watch. Um, is Jalen Brown gone after this season? Why do I keep seeing that I've been everywhere? Seeing some things. I, I won't. I, I, I. It sucks, but I've gotten to the point now too, where it's just like, I, unless it's like Woj or Shams. Dude, I that dude is untouchable. If I'm the Celtics, I'm sorry. I yeah. don't believe it. Who are you going to get back for him? Like, I wouldn't trade him for KD. Well, like, I, I'm what's not, his, what's I'm his, what's his contract? I don't care about his contract. I'm giving him the max and having Tatum stay. Well, I, I think T is T talking about just like I, well, free agency. Well, yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking everything that I've seen recently has been, um, like he wants out of Boston. All right, so he has. He has one more year at thirty million or twenty-eight million dollars next season. And dude, I, I find it hard. Like, dude, you're in a great. Okay, maybe the city of Boston might be slightly racist or or have a racist history, but it's like, dude. I mean, you're in a great situation. You're in an absolute. The only reason I could see him leaving is like I want to be the guy, but it like. Why? Like you are you you're averaging twenty eight a game, twenty seven a game. Like it's not like you're not getting shots. Like yeah, you you were in the finals last year. You have a partner that you can rely on that you've literally grown up in the league with. That you guys have seen so much success. It just doesn't really make sense to me. I get why there would be rumors, but like, I mean, where are you going? Like where, you know that yeah, like I, makes sense. I I don't see it. I just don't see it. The more I think about it, the more I want to put Philly at two over Boston. Um, really? I think a big part of that is because Rob Williams hasn't been the same guy that he was last year. Um, obviously, he's still kind of ramping up from injury, or if he's had a couple more injuries. What, what was it, his groin or his hammy? He's had like seven injuries in the last two years. I don't even yeah. know at this point. I wonder why I traded him. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I, I just think, dude – Joel Embiid has been so good and so healthy, and I don't want to jinx him. I think it's Philly's time, dude. I just – In terms of uh, the East in general or just like – 
over Boston and just the East in general. Like I, I, I don't want to take them because I think Milwaukee is the favorite. But I think I think if there's any year that they're gonna do it, it's gonna be this year. I think it's got to be this year, right? Yeah, yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Like, this is an unbelievably good basketball team. Like Tyrese Maxey is a stud. Like we don't even really talk. Tyrese Maxey scores the ball with ease, like with absolute ease, and that's their third option. You know, like Tobias Harris has has been has Tobias Harris been an All Star before? Yes, once, once. <laughs> Sarge, Wait, Sarge got defensive over that. <laughs> I was, yeah, bro. Like, he's their fourth option. Like, they're, they're, I didn't even know he's been an all star before. Is that is that real? Yeah, he I think he got one in Philly, right? When they were know, really he good. Been, he has not been an all star. <laughs> <laughs> he's been close. He's been close. He, hey, he was second team all SEC. He's the. Uh, <laughs> he's the. He's the CJ McCollum of the Eastern Conference. No, actually, he is. Um. So yeah, I I think all three of these teams have point valid points, and if you pick them, like I I wouldn't call you crazy, but I think for me it goes Bucks. I think I still honestly got to lean Celtics and then Sixers, but it's like all right there. Brogdon's been so good. Brogdon's really Where's Derek White, bro. It's it's Derek White's so good, dude. Crazy, He's so yeah, smart. I mean, in like, smart's actually been the worst of the three. Three, this yeah. Both Which teams is incredible. Are so deep, like so is D'Anthony Melton. It's it's such an awesome matchup, bro. Like yeah. that that two versus three in the in the conference or the semifinals is gonna be nuts. Yeah, these, these playoffs. What, are what's the series good. odd? Like just because Boston's home court, what do you think? Like minus one fifteen, minus one twenty five. I think they'll give him. 25. They'll give him more. They'll give him more just because they have home court. Are you saying if it's against Philly? Yeah. Both fully healthy, I'd probably say they make them like minus one forty five, minus one forty. I would guess. I don't. I don't know, but yeah, bro, it it's gonna be uh, Boston's three and zero against Philly this year. One of them was opening night. I we we also gotta like look into like where guys in or out. The other thing too is like. We got to make sure James Achilles is on and that Joel Embiid is healthy. Like, you know, like we. It's part of the reason that, like, I think, especially after I picked him last year, like, it just kind of made me reconcile my thoughts a little bit on, like, how important having healthy guys is. Now, granted, Philly's deeper this year um, and they're better. They're a better, well rounded team than they were last season. But, like Sarge said, I mean, that's that's the main turnoff from Philly is just the health oh. and how much of a beating Embiid takes. Yep. I'm with you guys. Um, and I, I, I'm assuming we're all in agreement. Like, whoever comes out of the East is probably winning the finals. 100%. I think there's like a 75% to 80% chance that whoever comes out of the East wins the finals, unless a huge injury happens. Yeah. I yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I would put it 75%, but I think it's more likely than not. Well, because they're going to have home court. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't – I honestly I just can't see Denver. The only – yeah, I can't see Phoenix either. Unless Katie and Booker are just on crack. That's why I'm saying barring an injury, dude, yeah. from some I, I put it at anywhere between 70 and 80%. Yeah. With home court too. The home court's so big, dude. Yeah, that, no, that's why I'm surprised absolutely. that Denver kind of took the foot off the gas pedal because they were neck and neck with Milwaukee 
and then they were just like, all right, we're going to lose to Detroit. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. The 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 one the one where they lost at home to New, to Brooklyn after they had lost they all those snapped, games, dude. Yeah. So who's a who's been the most disappointing team for you guys this year? Ooh, I mean, relative to expectations preseason. And why is it the Clippers? Probably the Hawks. I thought the Hawks would be a lot better, honestly. But yeah, maybe, maybe they just weren't. Wrong. They weren't vibing with Nate McMillan. T for you, it's the Clippers. Yeah, I. I mean, maybe Dude, Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I'd say Dallas. I honestly, yeah, would, I wouldn't be like I couldn't hate you if you said the Warriors too. I think with the Clippers too, it's just weird because like they had a stretch. I mean, dude, uh, they were hooping for a little bit. They had a month stretch where they were really good. And then now PG's hurt. And then it's just all falling apart. Norman Powell went down and now you're sitting here. Yeah. It's just, it's all so fragile, bro. With the Warriors, like, I don't even, I wouldn't even consider them. First off, they won the title and they won the title as what seed were they last season? There were three seeds still. There were three seed. Like, I don't know. the Clippers were top three title odds in the off season, weren't they? They had and like the, there. They had everything was talked about like, oh, the depth and the depth. And I know Kawhi was out to start the season, but like, yeah, the John Wall signing didn't work out. Covington's out of the rotation. Like, Lou clearly yeah. hasn't figured out who his best five guys are. Yeah. Um, for some reason, he doesn't want to play Terrence. Man, I doesn't know what to do with Zubac. <laughs> doesn't know what to do with Zubats. Uh, maybe Dallas. Dallas is just on a tough stretch right now, so I don't want to pile on them. But dude, overall, I I just think the parody has been so good that it's like, uh, like you look at the. I mean, you look at the West four through, you know, eleven, and everyone's all there, and it's just like all these teams are just competing, and all these teams have gone through injuries, and all these teams have gone through rough patches and some good patches. Um, and so I, I, I could see the Clippers, but it's like, I guess they've honestly been relatively healthy, but not PG and Kawhi have missed plenty of games too. I don't know, bro. I, I think for me, it's probably Dallas or, or Portland. Like, obviously I wasn't expecting Portland to win at all, but like, I mean, me and you were both in the mind of like, okay, this that team, especially early on, they can make the play-ins. Um, well, they dealt with, uh, some injuries for sure. I mean, Dame was out, Nurk was out, but Simon who has out. It, you know? Like, no, I I agree. But what was what was Portland's over under? Like thirty seven and a half. I think it was a little bit, tiny bit higher. Hmm. Tiny bit higher. I want to say it was. I think I remember it being low forties. There like was so much 40, hype behind 41. Gary Payton too, and on Josh, yeah. and all those guys, and they're not even there anymore. You know, yeah. it's like injuries and what a fucking franchise, dude. Jesus. Dude. Yeah, I think next week before, like, because we still won't be at the playoffs yet. But next week, um, if you guys are free, because I know I should, I should be free. We'll pick some, like, just some storylines from this year, uh, that were interesting. Not necessarily even playoff related, because we'll do a whole playoff pre- preview. But just like storylines from this year from any team, um, and just go through that. But this is this has been fun, and again, 
we gotta make that stuff um you guys want to stay on after you end this yeah one? yeah oh well thank you guys for tuning in uh it was a blast thanks t and, and sarge for coming on we'll be on we'll be on next week um schedules like light, lightening up but thank you guys peace